Good day. Today is February 7th, 2024. I'm Derek Fildebrandt, publisher of the Western Standard, and you're watching The Pipeline. I'm joined, as usual, by Western Standard opinion editor, Nigel Hannaford. Good to be here. And Western Standard senior Alberta columnist, Corey Morgan, back from Texas and living in the desert and all sorts of weird stuff you did, eh? Yeah, I'm refreshed now and full of spite and energy and all that miserableness that I uh, was running low on before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're back to your usual curmudgeonly self, That's right. right yes. Yeah. Uh, following your exploits of your adventure on Twitter were... It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we had very little trouble coming up with uh, the main topics of today's show. Uh, the left losing its mind, going absolutely apoplectic over Alberta's new trans and parental rights policies, uh, triggering a meltdown from the left from coast to coast to coast in Canada. Uh, so we'll be talking about the policy itself, the political reaction to it, and uh, what the left thinks it might be able to accomplish here. Uh, a guy I don't think any of us have really heard of before has started a campaign to recall Calgary Mayor Jody Gondek under Alberta's relatively new recall legislation, uh, obviously catching a lot of attention, kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. And speaking of Calgary mayors, former Calgary mayor Nahid Nenchi pleading that uh, if, if forced to, at gunpoint, he might consider running for leader of Alberta's NDP because he doesn't believe in political parties. He's not a political party kind of guy. Uh, but he might, uh, you know, if, if absolutely forced to at gunpoint, he might be persuaded to run for the leadership of the Alberta NDP. Before we get into that, though, uh, Corey, why don't you thank my favorite sponsor? Sure, that would uh, must be the Canadian Shooting Sports Association you're talking Good about. Guess. Yes, and they are a fantastic sponsor. The CSSA, if you own firearms, if you enjoy firearms, you want to own firearms, you've got to be a member of these guys. We've got an ideologically driven government that wants to take away your right and ability to enjoy firearms. And if you do not join an association and stand up for yourself, they're going to win. The CSSA is there for you to make sure you can maintain those rights. They'll stand up for you. And they've got all sorts of other resources, as any association would. Check them out, cssa-cila.org. Or, of course, just Google them up, Canadian Shooting Sports Association. It's well worth it and an investment in your rights. All right. Well, um just last week, uh, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith announced uh, a whole suite of policies surrounding uh, trans, uh, transsexual issues in, uh, in Alberta. Um, restrictions on um, uh, puberty blockers and hormone treatments for uh, younger kids, I think under age 15, um, uh, saying there'll be no more top and bottom sex change surgeries, although I think you're supposed to use a different term for it now, gender affirming. Gender reassignment. Gender reassignment. No, no, gen no, gender affirming. Well, the gender affirming, I think, is the treatment with the drugs and so on, and when you do a full surgical mm -hmm. intervention, mm -hmm. then it's gender reassignment, I believe, but I could be wrong. Okay. This isn't my area of expertise. Okay, sex change. Yeah, there we go. We sex all know what it means. Or get <laughs> sex change. Uh, Don't go woke on me now, Gary. Yeah, no. uh, restrictions on that for people <clears throat> under the age of 18. Um, requirement that uh, I think it's, if I'm getting the number, the ages right here, people under 16 have to have parental consent to have their name and pronouns changed for use at school. And above that age, uh, they could, you know, the kid can change the name and pronouns on their own, but the parent has to be informed. This all sounds pretty reasonable stuff. Um, 
But to hear the reaction from the left, both in Alberta and outside of Alberta and Ottawa, uh, you'd think that uh, they've just begun construction of Auschwitz, that uh, uh, they're using, uh, the left has used the language of genocide, that this is now a genocidal policy to kill trans people in Alberta, uh, that people will die in significant numbers because of this. Uh, and they've just declared a, uh, a holy jihad against Al Al Alberta's trans policy and, and government here. Uh, so not, maybe before we get into the reaction from the left here, just talk about the policy itself, Nigel. The sex change operation is one of those things that you only get one chance to get right. And uh, to suggest that a child 13, 14, 15 could make that decision when we don't trust them to drive a car is probably just plain ridiculous. Smith's position is absolutely sound. Wait until you're an adult. It's an adult decision. You shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be facilitated by other adults in doing it. Who knows what their motives are, but the person involved needs to wait until they are somewhat mature before they even embrace this. They can start taking the uh, puberty blockers at the age of 16. Um, I am not well informed on the medicine of that, whether you can sort of start doing it at 16 and drop it later and everything just kind of works itself back to normal. But um, to actually have the surgery in the, in the early teen years is just ridiculous. I can't believe we're even having this discussion. You know, like it, it, it goes totally against the green. But anyway, the, the reaction of the left to that policy just kind of shows you the, do you really want a government made up of people who think that that's okay? Uh, Corey, I've got a, I got a tattoo on my right arm. I, um, you know, when I was a teenager, my parents were split and, uh, I kind of learned some early politics of playing them off against each other. And uh, in uh, exchange for my love, I uh, got one of my parents to agree to, to sign off on letting me get my tattoo. Uh, normally you have to be 18 to make that decision on your own. Um, so I got this tattoo. It's ugly. It's stupid. I regret it. As most tattoos in hindsight turn out to be. Um, I now have paid a bunch of money to have it removed. It takes a year and it's a pain. It's unpleasant. But I was clearly at age, I don't know, 16 or 17 when I got it, not mature enough to make that decision. I could have made the same, the wrong decision when I was older, but I, I would have been less likely to make that bad decision. Um, but So it, it doesn't seem to be all that radical an idea that there are certain decisions that every society, every civilization on earth today or in the history of civilization ever in human history that th there are certain decisions that you cannot make until you've reached a certain age now where we draw that line is always up for debate um you know we've decided that a 17 year old can be conscripted and go sent to die for his country but he can't have a cigarette or a beer so you know there's so that there's been incongruities uh, from time to time, but uh, the, the left seems to be uh, totally confident in its belief that 
Uh, it's, it, they can't smoke until they're 18. They can't drink until they're 18. They can't drive until they're 16. They can't drive on their own until they're 18. Uh, they can't become a part of the military until they're 18. But they can alter their genitalia uh, at, at, as young as 12 in some cases here. I just, I'm... I'm trying to it's, understand the reason. Yeah, and I mean, you can have a tattoo removed. You can't change your mind and have a phallus replaced functionally again. That's an irreversible decision. Having a you know, radical or double mastectomy, you can get implants later, but you will not be able to breastfeed or, or, or function again. These are permanent alterations. There's no turning back. So even a, a tattoo error at a young age is still pretty relatively minor compared yeah. to what we're talking about with this, we've let the trans activists get completely out of control. We really have. They, they've pushed the boundary line so far to the point where any intervention on any whim, and I tell you with a lot of kids, it's a whim, it's a trend, it's a fad, it's attention seeking. There are any number of things that kids going through puberty will do. Uh, there are some real trans children who are dealing with, but they're such a minority of a minority that we, we can't have said that set aside the parental rights or allow irreversible procedures to start happening when, when their judgment isn't ready. The age of 18 is almost universal around the world with a lot of societal, you know, mm -hmm. evolution. We've kind of realized that's typically a turning point. You're done. You're done puberty. At yeah. That point. So, some kids are very advanced to some 16, some are, are 30 and still going on 17, but we tend to draw that line there. You can't bind a, a minor into a contract in Canada unless it's, it's an exceptional circumstance. Premier Smith's position is not, unreasonable whatsoever, but she's been one of the only politicians bold enough to finally call it out and just draw the line and say, that's it. Again, I mean, and, and puberty blockers, you know, I, I, I certainly, that's where they try to go into, well, we should talk to the medical experts. Well, there's very few things medical experts would say when you could take something as serious as your growth and, and, and that transition point of puberty and suddenly just put it on hold for a couple of years and not to think there won't be some long lasting consequences of that. It's very serious. And to have kids under 16 uh, going on that, again, it's just not reasonable. Well, puberty's not purely physical. I mean, I, I've been trying to explain to my six-year-old daughter why she says, Daddy, why are teenagers stupid? And <laughs> uh, yes, a question for the ages there. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's overheard me say this before. Where did and, she hear that first? <laughs> uh, she's, I, I imagine she's probably heard it from me. But I, I, I think it's well acknowledged uh, teenagers are pretty stupid. Uh I, I was chief among them. I did all sorts of very stupid things. Still do from time to time, but less frequently, I think. But, you know, I try to explain, well, there's puberty, there's changes. And it's and it's not just physical. There is all sorts of uh, psychological, physiological changes taking place that you're dealing with. And so it's not just that, you know, you're getting hair under your pits and you smell more. You You change as a person. In your in how you think and how you act, and so you're just you're denying someone a fundamental part of maturing of maturation in their life, and you know. It, it, First thing that makes you suspicious is why is it so important to somebody of forty that a child of fourteen be able to change their sex? Like where is that coming well, from? Well, look, I, there are trans people who have genuine gender dysmorphia. And it's complicated. I don't think we have really, I don't think anyone's really figured out what's the best way to help yeah. these people. Uh, so, you know, I think there are some 
older people who are just genuinely concerned for young transsexual people. Some of this ideological battle, though, kind of what Nigel's, I think, getting towards too, though, isn't just on the trans issue, but we've got actually some people who feel it's the state's role to raise children and not parents. That's what this is really coming down to a lot. And they've used this as a catalyst to push that, to say it's not the parent's right to know what their child is going through in school. It's not the parent's right to direct how they're being educated when they're within school. It's the parents should be kept in ignorance and the state will take care well, of it. I, I think it's That's the, what this the, is coming down to. I think it's, I could be mistaken, but I think it was the Toronto Star. I had a column in it just the other day saying that the whole concept of trans rights is a part of uh, the QAnon conspiracy. So, yeah, uh, no one's ever really thought of parental rights until QAnon. And if you believe that parents have any right to determine how you're raising your kids, then uh, you believe uh, that Hillary Clinton was uh, running a child rape operation in a pizza, pizza parlor. Person. Toronto yeah. stars should be careful what they say. They may sound, make QAnon sound attractive. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's never made QAnon seem reasonable to me until uh, <laughs> until they uh, until they said that. Um, so let's talk about the reaction to it. It has been furious. Now, this is curious to me because the left is so convinced of its moral rightness here. that They're on the right side of history. I, I don't think when this all settles, they're going to be on the right side of history. I, this is one of the culture wars that the left, I don't think, is destined to win. They're think, on the wrong side of every poll so far on this. They are very yes. much on the wrong side. Now, polls change over time. Yeah. Uh, you know, opinions on same-sex marriage. Uh, if you look at the early 90s, it was nearly unanimous. Virtually, you know, you would have had a very, very small minority in support of it, which were probably just gay people, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, opinions can change over time. But I don't see any fundamental justice in this here, where, you know, there was a justice case to be made on some of these, and you know, and so public opinion would change over time. They are outnumbered three or four to one in national polls, and, uh, and, and, and just as much so in Alberta, if not more than in some cases. Um, they're they seem to be boxing themselves into a corner here. And, and, and it's not, not uh, and I haven't heard a sp single specific critique of any of these policies. It's not, you know, because uh, none of them wants to say, no, the 16-year-old should be allowed to have a sex change operation paid for by the taxpayer. They're not saying that. They're not saying, no, uh, children should be allowed to change their name and pronouns uh, in the second grade and, and parents shouldn't even be informed of it. They're not saying that. They're just kind of vaguely condemning the package, never the specific policy, Corey. Well, some of it too is that the legislation hasn't been drafted, to be fair, on their part. Yeah, I mean, but, you, but there is specific but policies. But she sort of said where it's going to go. Yeah. And yes, it is because I think they realize when they hit for that, it's unreasonable, and and they're gonna they're not gonna gain general support. They, they have, as you said, boxed themselves into a corner. They don't quite know what to do, but they still do have their righteous fury going on. It's the usual suspects, though. They they can't back down. They they they've they've picked their hill to uh, politically die upon, and and they're this battle is going to go right on till uh, <laughs> till Premier Smith gets reelected with a larger majority. You know where this is going to end up is is when people who have had the operation get to the stage where they really regret it and start to sue the people who <laughs> permitted it and facilitated it. And this is not a prediction. This is just an observation on what is already happening. We've only just begun to see the start of it, of um, young men and women who 
made the switch in uh, in a vulnerable age. Now realize what a horrible mistake they've made. Trying to go back to the way they were, they can only go so far, and they are starting to sue. This is going to be a huge liability to governments across the country, wherever this has been facilitated. And actually, Premier Smith may look like a hero in 20 years' time for just making sure that this didn't get started here in Alberta. Well, I think she's already on, at least, you know, if we're going to be crass about the politics of this, she's on the right side. She's on the right side of the politics on this. Mm-hmm. The, the public is, you know, it's pretty rare I share an opinion, the super majority of people. <laughs> I, I, I normally hold fair, a lot of unpopular views that are held by a, a relatively small minority or maybe hopefully a big minority of people, but I'm, no, I'm often on the minority side. In this case, she's on the side with the super majority of Albertans, the super majority even of Canadians in every single province and region in Canada, even in Quebec, these policies Left, oh, very high. left or right, no parent wants somebody to be getting between them and their children. That's mm-hmm. what it kind of comes down to. And it's uh, people find it offensive when people think that they shouldn't have that ability. Uh, so, so let's just kind of talk the crass politics of this. Why do you think the left, you see, you know, Notley, Nenshi, Trudeau, uh, Randy Bozano, these guys, they're all out 100% pedal to the metal against the wall on this. Again, never specifically saying, responding to any single specific policy saying, no, I believe that a 14 year old should be allowed to have a sex change operation. No, I believe that the eight year old should be allowed to change the name of pronouns and parents not even be informed. They're never saying those things. They're never pointing to a single policy, but they're condemning it as a package and they're condemning it in the most uh, uh, uncategorical terms. Why, Nigel, do you think they're they're going so hard on this? Because uh, you know they're so offside with majority public opinion. Well, there's two different groups that you've identified there. There's the provincial left wing and the federal left wing, and this they have their own reasons in each case for saying the same thing. Federally, I'm sure that the Trudeau Liberals mean to construct over the next 18 months an Alberta straw man that they can knock. So the Alberta straw man is the the energy producing province, the the global climate change deniers and uh, the killers of the planet. The fellow driving the big truck is, uh, is a redneck with unacceptable views. And look at their premier, good Lord. She would let children commit suicide in the hundreds rather than give them a sex change operation at the age of 12. That will be the fe- one, one thing that the Trudeau Liberals will try to do, present Alberta as a bogeyman. It'll make it easier to pick up votes in central Canada and to the east. Provincially, it's, uh, it's actually pretty simple. It's a, it's a hate Daniel Smith thing. They still haven't got over the fact that they, haven't, that they didn't win the last election because they felt they, they had the right to. But, uh, but they didn't win. So any time that you can give Danielle Smith a black eye for any reason at all, it's open season. It's not any more sophisticated than that. Maybe put the question to you in a different context or way, Corey. Um, if you are advising a candidate for the NDP leadership in Alberta right now, so you're advising Sarah Hoffman, Kathleen Ganley, Nenshi, what, what, one of these characters, um, 
how would you advise them to track on this? Because the NDP base feels hard on this. And not just, you know, it's Smith. Therefore, you're anti-Smith. You know, if, if she says yeah. black, you say white. She says up, you say down. Um, but you also have to keep an eye to the general election. You have in, you know, over three years from now, you've got to face everyday voters. And everyday voters are, as it turns out, not a big fan of sex changes for minors. Yeah, so I would advise, similar to what you're kind of saying that they've already been doing, speak to it in broad uh, fluffy terms. I, I, I want to, the safety of children is paramount. We've got to protect our children, things like that, but always staying away from those specific policies that will bite you in the butt later on when you are campaigning. When, when you say, well, wait a minute, at that conference, you did say that we should perform surgery uh, irreversibly upon a 16 year old, or you did say, so this way that I would advise, again, you've already kind of committed, you're on that lane, but just give broad terms, give, try to, Paint Smith as hateful, as intolerant, as uh, wanting to heartlessly harm children for the sake of, or as they're trying to point out as well, it's, it's a conspiracy. She's being led by a crazy social conservative cadre of people who are directing her moves, which they're doing as oh, well. Oh, that, yeah, this, this is all a conspiracy of take back Alberta. Yes, exactly. Stuff. So that I would advise once that now that they've already opened up this hornet's nest, that that's the track to ride upon, but stay away from those specifics because they are going to bite you later. Okay. Well, uh, we'll switch gears a little bit here. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, so in 2019, the uh, UCP under Jason Kenney uh, ran on a campaign pledge that included recall legislation, the ability to recall your elected officials. Now, he waited quite a while for that, uh, eventually brought it in, but put it in with a very high threshold. Generally, you needed 40% of registered voters to sign the, the recall petition within a two-month period. Now, that might not sound crazy, but 40% of registered voters isn't 40% of voters. You know, because in a municipal election, 40% of eligible voters are generally about as much as you're going to get actually voting. Sometimes if you're lucky, it's often quite below that. So 40% of eligible voters is normally 80% of actual voters, if you're talking in the, in the municipal context. And you have only two months to do it. Um, and, and Kenny made sure that uh, the legislation didn't come into effect until after that election. So he couldn't be recalled. But um, uh, we have now have Jody Gondek. Uh, she, her polling has fallen through the floor. She is the most unpopular premier, I believe, in Canada, probably in the history of polling for Calgary Mayor's period. Uh, she, she's had a rough ride, let's, let, let's say, uh, in, in her time so far. And... Uh, can anyone recall the name of the guy who uh, launched the petition? Yeah, Landon Johnston. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked it up on the Elections Alberta website. There was a Gmail account that I was like, okay, well, this is clearly... He's, he's truly a concerned citizen who's yeah. using the mechanism that's there. But I was like, okay, well, this is not... Um, this is obviously not uh, some well-organized conservative group doing this. It's, But it's just a guy. Uh, we'll start with you, Corey. Um what are the chances of success Zero. of actually her getting recalled here? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Any, anybody, I mean, we know just even having run for office, just to get your nomination signatures going door to door, to get a hundred yeah. real signatures. People got to remember, we're talking on paper with name, address, phone number, witnessed. A hardcore petitioner might get a hundred signatures a day. Maybe. They need in the realm of well, 514,000, <laughs> and that's assuming all of them check off, that they're all legible, 
that they're all uh, eligible to actually vote, mm -hmm. uh, that there weren't duplicates. So realistically, you need more like 530,000, 540,000. Oh, I'd, I'd if, say uh, after duplicates and bad names, eligibility, oh, you're probably talking 600,000. Perhaps. And, and only 414 or something like that, or 460,000 people even voted in the last election. It's just, uh, he has exposed how ridiculously high the bar was set. Uh, but from this point forward, I think, in my view, he's done his job. You've exposed how ridiculous it is, but otherwise you're just going to be wearing out your shoe leather going out and trying. If you really want to get Gondek out, there's a lot of things you can work on and you can do, uh, but this legislation is useless. It's completely useless, and, and you're just kind of wasting your time pursuing it, but it's his yeah. business, I guess. It's I Yeah, I, I know uh, some people have uh, been upset with me for pointing that out on Twitter, saying, oh, why are you, uh, why are you being so negative? I'm, I'm not being negative. I'm just speaking... From the plain, clear facts. Yeah. I mean, it, it is theoretically possible to succeed, but it is, for all intents and purposes, uh, mathematically improbable. It is effectively yeah. impossible. If it it's happens, just not happening. I will commit now to eating twice as many balls as Jonathan ate. <laughs> it's stampede time on the air yeah. in, in one shot. I'll but. eat a dozen prairie oysters this stampede <laughs> if I'm wrong. And I'll yeah. be very happy yeah. to, uh, to be wrong about this. I very much hope yeah. I'm wrong, but I... I'm very confident I'm not. Yeah. Um, Nigel, uh, what good can come out of this? Other than exposing that, yeah, it's practically impossible. 40% uh, of, of potential voters in the village of, you know, Rosemary, Alberta, where, you know, well, almost no one's heard of outside of people who are within 50 kilometers of Rosemary. You know, where, okay, so there's like 100 houses. Okay, in two months, that's doable. You can do that. 40% is doable there. But on the scale of Calgary, it is virtually impossible. Uh, it, is there any good that can come out of this, really? Because it, it's, it seems to me that when this is done and it inevitably fails, uh, Gondak and her supporters will say, aha, they tried, they failed to recall me. I, therefore, must be popular and the people want me. She'll be able to claim that. Yes, Will anybody believe her? Uh, well, you know, the government media will. <laughs> the government media will, sure. But the, uh, you know, the election comes around soon enough, and they found out, no, actually, people really didn't like him, Adam. Uh, not as mayor, anyway. So, goodbye. I would love to see this guy just have a booth set up in every shopping mall and precinct and people showing up with their driver's licenses and saying, give me the place to sign. This could be all be done very quickly on they move and the next one steps up. Probably it's not going to happen that way. No. And so therefore, I think the point that you were making this this morning on your rant, which is all that's going to happen is, yeah, they'll they'll take a defeat and clean victory. Uh, but um, it's not going to be a lasting thing for them. It's not going to change anybody's opinion of the mayor. But it could give her political capital. She'll be able to turn to the rest of council and say, "Ha! Huh? Well, she can." You, you opponents, your people tried. They failed. You didn't. You didn't win. You didn't recall. You, you know, Derek. I mean, there you go again, um, reinforcing the idea that we are led by wise people. I like to think that they are, but I have. When have I ever implied that I don't know that uh, they're going to buy it from her? They're going to say, "Okay, madam, you were lucky that time." 
And in 12 months' time, you're going to have to get lucky again, because otherwise you're going down and you're going to take a lot of us with it, with you. But remember, so, no Calgary mayor has actually lost an election since the early 1980s when Ralph Klein beat whatever his name was. Yeah, Rod Sykes nope. or something. Yeah. No, no, Sykes. Rod Sykes was uh, well before him. He oh, was okay. like 60s, <laughs> early 70s. Either way, yeah. It's, it's not going to end well for, uh, whichever way it goes, it's not going to end well for Mayor Gondek. Uh, it, it would be nice to think it would end badly for her this year. Probably won't. Yes, she will probably claim victory by the defeat of the uh, recall motion. But in the October of uh, 2025, she's up again, she's going to be dropped. Unless something so remarkable happens. Calgary mayors don't lose. Now, well, some of that is that Calgary mayors are generally politically savvy enough to know when they will lose and then not run for re-election. Yeah, that, that might be more likely, perhaps. N but Nancy had a very good chance of losing this time. But so he was like, eh, yeah, maybe it's time to go. We haven't had a stinker like Gondek since the 80s, though. This isn't getting yeah. exceptional. So, yeah, well. she, she pulls lower now than Nenshi did after three terms. Well, I tell you what, I salute this. What's his, what was his name again? Landon Johnson. Landon Johnson. I salute him for even thinking of it. No, he used the mechanisms at his disposal yep. and did it. So you know, yeah. more, more people should. Although, I have to look into a bit more, but I think there might be limits on how many recall, like, how many recall campaigns there can be. I'm not sure. I think it might be only one successful one per term, which which is reasonable. But I'm not sure if there's a limit on how many times you could attempt to get the signatures. Mm -hmm. If there's no limit on it, then fine. I mean, yeah. Collect signatures for the next two years. That's, that's fine. It's going to annoy people eventually, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, kind of stay with bad Calgary mayors on topic here. Uh, former mayor, Nahid Enchi. Um, he's always trying to make a point that he's above partisanship. He's above parties. He's not a part of that rabble. Uh, I mean, notwithstanding, you know, his heavy involvement of him and his people in the Alberta party, uh, the federal liberals, and then the Alberta NDP. He's now saying, uh, I don't want to run for NDP leader, but the people are asking me. There's people making the case for me, and I'll consider it if I think it's for the good of Alberta. I mean, so it's hard to see how he does not run then, because then I, I suppose he would have to then say, uh, me running for premier would be bad for Alberta. Something, if, uh, if anyone knows anything about Mr. Nenshi, highly unlikely that, that he would come to the conclusion that it would be bad if he was anything uh, short of uh, president of Earth. Yeah, modesty is not one of his traits. No, no. Uh, I mean, as Calgary mayor, he felt the need to give lectures on grand international issues and politics. Um, but I, I think the prospect of him as NDP leader is interesting. We've talked about him since the very, really since we started talking about replacements for Rachel Notley immediately after the last election. Uh, I, I think he, if, if I'm an NDP strategist, I actually think he's a good candidate. It's Calgary, which the NDP have not a lot of profile in. They don't have big Calgary names. He's a minority. Um, he's well-spoken. He's got a political track record. Might not be one we like, but it is one that people on the left tend to like. And while he is on the left, he isn't... I, I think insane left. Uh, at least, I mean, yeah, he's insane left in that he seems to think it's fine for minors to have sex change operations without parental consent. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, within the context of 
the left itself. He's not on the furthest left of it. He is not a extreme socialist. He is a pragmatic, moderate social socialist Democrat. You know, so you know, there's, there's a spectrum to these things. So uh, I don't know. Uh, if, if you're an NDPer, you think uh, you think he might be the right guy to lead your party. If I were an NDPer, I would say, has he paid his dues? Has he hand, has he sold socialist worker on the street corner? Has he been to every union uh, meeting? Is it his turn? I would be. I've actually very, seen quite a bit of that. You bet. I, I would be if I were a hardcore NDP member. Well, it depends. Okay, it depends who you are. Like, yeah. I, you know, the, the left always like to give recommendations about who should lead mm -hmm. the Conservative Party. Mm -hmm. Oh well, we think you Conservatives would be crazy not to have uh, Aaron O'Toole. We think you'd be crazy not to have Jean Charest. The left always recommends. Interesting, you should mention Jean Charest because, in a lot of ways, there's there are some similarities between yeah. the way that. Mr. Chere has presented himself in different robes over the years, and the number of well, what is yeah. a when uh, so she said I've voted for at least four different parties, provincially and federally. So he is not a doctrinaire socialist, and I think that the NDP still likes doctrinaire socialists who have paid their dues. Well, so we've got to be careful in terms of recommending who the other guys should have because they recommend their guys to mm -hmm. us all the time and those guys almost never work out you know the jean charais don't work out the Aaron tools don't work out these guys tend to not work because they're not really connected with the people who are really supposed to be representing so mm -hmm. i'm cautious of this that um you know so i saw one i, I forget who but you know some lefty on twitter said nenshi should run and be number two and learn from a more seasoned new democrat and then can be premier well, okay, well, no, Nenshi is not going to settle for being two to anyone short of God. Uh, so, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And I thought, you know, union seniority up on the left applies beyond just the union. Within the NDP, there's an expectation that this is a lifelong organization. You pay your dues. Rachel Notley grew up as the daughter of the NDP leader. Her whole life was paying the dues. So... You know, it was certainly her turn when it came. Nenshi, God knows when he got his membership. He's he, he's on the left. I think he's always been on the left. He's presented himself as other things in the past, even though he wasn't. But within the NDP itself, he, he he's a latecomer. So I don't know, uh, Corey, how much resistance do you think there'll be? Because the NDP today is not the NDP of Brian Mason. It is not just a small union of government bus drivers anymore it is now a major political party and it has some base in calgary it's got a lot of people in it who are not lifers so i don't know what, what do you think it's it's how really those dynamics play? interesting with what might happen i mean a pragmatic pragmatic leftist would support Nietzsche. he's as good as they're going to get it perhaps as a populist type to grasp a wider share of the votes rather than the the uh, ideologues. And now you got to remember, Rachel Notley was the very first NDP leader elected by one member, one vote. If they were back in the delegate system, I would say that Nietzsche wouldn't have a chance because the union blocks and everything else would line up behind other candidates and the hardcore loyal would knock him off. But Nietzsche can galvanize people on the ground to buy memberships and possibly take the leadership. But then the complexity comes, can he keep a well-organized, unified party, because Nietzsche has never been known as a team player. We saw that when he tried to manage even 14 council members. Uh, 
he's got, you've got to learn a degree of compromise. You've got to learn some diplomacy. You've got to learn some modesty sometimes. And perhaps he's learned it. He's no fool, but it would take a big shift in his character to suddenly start playing the party game because that's a totally different game than being the mayor. And uh, would he be able to accomplish that or would the party uh, perhaps that could be the catalyst that makes them at least, you know, they don't tend to cut their own out in the left wing parties, but they can stay home and they can stop donating and they can uh, stop supporting. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. He's really added, a, if nothing else, for a political watcher, an interesting element in it. Because if he does win it and does hold it together and does pull in a few cut receipts, mm -hmm. it could be the comeback they're looking for. The ideology and party you know, paying your dues in the NDP side, I, th I think he, he fits the formula of what I've thought for some time the NDP should be looking for, which is a non-extreme doctrinaire uh, leader who is from Calgary uh, because they, they are so much an Edmonton party. Now, the NDP has got a lot of seats in Calgary. They're they won half the seats in Calgary. I don't think they... Uh, now, their vote was extraordinarily efficient. They, they won more seats than they would normally get because their, their voter efficiency was so good. But one way or another, they still won half the seats in Calgary. But Calgary is their only path to power. They've got no realistic route to seats outside the two big cities uh, other than Banff. You people in Banff can't. So, oh, I'm right on the edge of it. It hurts me to have an NDP MLA. Yeah. Um, but they, they just have no realistic route through the rural areas. They've got to win a significant majority of seats in Calgary to have any hope of government. So I, I, I think he fits the formula. The question is, will he fit enough ideologically? Is he extreme enough? Well, you know, there's the other thing is that um, there's a lot of people moving in from out of province. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's a degree of self-selection. If you are a raving NDP living in Toronto, Alberta might not be your first choice if you want to get out, but some will. And just having uh, a population that is not schooled in the Alberta NDP uh, ladder of paying your dues and taking your turn could give him an advantage. Mm -hmm. But would it still be the NDP? By name, yes, but would it still be the NDP. And uh, when you look at Mr. Singh's, Jagmeet Singh's tenure, you have to wonder if you can work with Mr. Trudeau as a liberal, are you really still NDP? And I think the whole party might be morphing out of that old pattern that we have been talking about, partly fueled by newcomers to the province. Also, just unions are no longer the backbone of the left. It is very old school conception of the left as the workers' party. Blue collar people are more likely to vote for center right and right parties than they are for the left now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, the, the old model where the right represented the bourgeois upper middle and upper classes, and you know you, you'd move along the spectrum, and then you'd have the unions would be represented by workers' party, you know, labor parties in Britain and. You know, that's, a, that's a really interesting point, because in the last election, I was speaking to some of the people working in Calgary, Buffalo here. and It's not a working class neighborhood. It's not a working class neighborhood, and they were facing a tough fight. And, and they said, well, the typical person, when we knock on the door, first of all, it's in an apartment block, and it's a single woman with a cat and a degree, and they have a job in the civil service or in some kind of 
what can I call it, a soft industry. They're they're not out there, they're not Rosie the Riveter, and they're certainly not married to a, 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 um, a welder. So um, it is a different demographic, and it's possible that Mr. Nancy would appeal to those. Heaven knows, perhaps it was them who kept him in as mayor for a couple yeah. of terms. Well, overwhelmingly across sure Canada, and particularly in Alberta, sure it wasn't the ratepayers. No, but unions tend to represent government workers, which are in large measure, many of them white collar, not just blue collar, but they tend to be government workers, so fine. But uh, the left is now dominated by eco-fanatics, uh, social justice warriors, you know, who want to have, uh, give kids sex change operations and things like that. People obsessed with uh, BLM. Those are the main building blocks of the modern leftist coalition in Canada, the United States, Britain, Germany, France. That's what makes it up. It's not really unions anymore. So unions have lost their power, not just within the economy. They've not just lost their, their power economically, uh, Corey. But I think they've also lost their power within the left. The left is a different coalition today. And that uh, th those hardcore union guys, I, I don't think they're going to hold as much sway over the NDP leadership to block a guy like Nenshi as they would have 20, 30, 40 years ago. No, they don't have the numbers that they used to. And, and it, it's another interesting shift in things like it's particularly the trade unionists. I mean, the IBEW workers in Fort McMurray aren't terribly thrilled with the social justice crap or pandering to areas that want to shut down their industry. Or if we want to see a bigger model, the reason Trump won in the Rust Belt in Ohio and those times when he did win out there was because the Democrats abandoned the working class in those areas because of their environmental policy. So we are seeing kind of a, a total shift. The conservatives could cater to what used to be traditional left labor areas, but uh, they are gaining ground, as Nigel said as well, with the uh, the cat ladies and the uh, uh, you know uh, other people coming into the neighborhood who uh, have more of a, a social uh, agenda, I guess. You can see this happening in British Columbia. I mean, Horgan was, uh, there's two factions there. There's the green people, and then there's the, the, the you know, the hardworking blue collar guys. Horgan was from, that side of it, the blue collar, the trades. Mr. Eby seems to be catering more to the environmentalists and the, you know, the people who want to save the earth. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, We've got some interesting times to look forward be, to. It could come to Alberta. Fun. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there, gentlemen. Thanks for joining today. And thank all of you for joining us on the pipeline today. Remember, if you're not yet a member of the Western Standard, you need to be. The Western Standard refuses to take the federal government's media bailout subsidies that means we rely on uh, dues from people like you. It's only $100 a year or $10 a month to get all access to all Western Standard content. Uh, trust me, you're going to want it, and it's, uh, and it's critical if we're to continue doing the work that we're doing here. Thank you very much for joining us today, and God bless. Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Without the CSSA, our gun rights would have been taken long, long ago. These guys are on the front lines helping to draft smart and intelligent firearms regulations and legislation in Canada, and more importantly, educating the public about how we keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. You become a member, it's absolutely worth every penny.